I have a, a study. Uh, it's at the back of my house, but it's devoted entirely to uh, books, scores, CDs, piano, computer. So this is where I do, I would say, 95% of my composing. I occasionally work in college also, but it's predominantly all done in this room here. I've uh, been working here since 1990 when we put a small extension at the back of the house and it's a, a wonderful place to work, surrounded by everything that I need. I keep a little archive here as well of scores of my own stuff, of recordings, um, even things like uh, reviews and old programmes and uh, a lot of books on, on composers and musicology encyclopedias, dictionaries of music, all that sort of thing. So I'm surrounded by all that. Books and orchestration, for example, would be a large part of it. And I have a large working desk uh, next to the piano. I'm by no means could be described as a pianist, but I occasionally use the instrument to check harmonies that maybe are not 100% clear in my head. And it's quite useful that way. Nowadays, I suppose I spend a lot of time thinking about the music. I still write with, with pencil on sketch paper. You see that you're surrounded by manuscript paper there and there are sketches all over the place. But then, uh, because I think that way, and I, I've thought that way from the very beginning, I think with my imagination and with paper and transferring the sonic image in my head onto the paper. So I still use that. And only then do I start putting it into computer format. So computer comes afterwards. It comes after I have imagined it and thought about it. Of course, one of the great things about the computer is how it facilitates the process. And I use the playback facility on it quite a bit. I'm a little concerned about people who, who need that facility and who can only work that way. For the first 20 years of my working career, I had to imagine everything either just using a keyboard or just imagining it with the inner ear, so to speak. And so when I now use the computer, it's not as a composing aid, it's just as an aid in facilitating that I've got the right notes in and so forth. Yeah, but not, I don't use the computer to imagine the music, but just to process it, if you like, both notation wise and in terms of, of playback. So you, you mentioned that you, you kept some reviews and um, you want to show me some of those yeah, reviews? I think that essentially I'm maybe a librarian or an archivist at, at, at heart because I love keeping a, a structure. We talked earlier about the, the structuring of time, but I also have kept old reviews. I don't know why, but I've just kept them maybe for the grandchildren or whatever. And I tend to keep old programs. I think archiving is very important because a lot of what we do do and have done is ephemeral in the sense that once a concert is over there's no evidence of its existence anymore unless it was maybe recorded or broadcast or something like that and that would have happened to a lot of concerts over the year but by no means to everything there would be a lot of stuff that just disappears unless there's some attempt to make, to hold a record of it and I'm interested very very interested always in that and so I have kept you'll see files there with various years on them the first one I pull out here is 1973 to 85. So it has the very, very first review, I guess, of anything of mine that was ever performed in front of a, a public audience as opposed to a student audience. Let's say we were working, of course, with students. And it says music by young Irish composers. It's from July 1973. 
and it's a concert that was put on. I read here, the fourth concert of its members' music was prevented by the Association of Young Irish Composers mm. in the Dag Hall, which is in the Royal, was in the Royal Irish Academy of Music. Well, it still is. It's a different name now. On Saturday evening. And if I look through the list, I see it has Jane O'Leary, Philip Hammond, John Buckley, Roger Doyle, Paul Hayes, Neve O'Kelly and Jerome de Bromhead <laughs> in a variety of uh, pieces of music ranging from trios to mine was a sonata for flute and piano. There's a review in the Irish Times there, yeah. which is more than one might get now if you put yeah. on such a concert. Yeah, at by, least by none other than Charles Acton. At least about 400 words, I think. Yeah, and it's 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 quite a large scale review. So I would have hung on to those, as I say. I'm not sure why, but they have archival value and anecdotal value and some interest. One must remember that that type of thing, that type of review, was about the only thing that was being written about contemporary Irish music at that time. There was no musicology, a serious musicology, being devoted to it, um, unlike now, which is it, it, it's really starting to blossom now with a lot of really important writings on individual composers and on whole genres and so forth from a variety of sources, which is marvellous, uh, of course, to see. But the only documentation of that nature that was available at that time were the programme notes that you wrote yourself and whatever re reviews such as that one that might appear. So I think it has some historical importance and it, it did help in some way to show this sense of presence that I was talking about that has been so demanding and difficult for Irish composers to, to establish and maintain. Mm -hmm. 